Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 36 of the Backyard Band Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. Um, I am joined by a great guest today, somebody that I've been looking forward to having on for a while now, someone that I've gone back and forth with recently on Twitter. I really like his work and uh, everything he's doing, and he's a recent full-timer in the industry, so join me in welcoming and congratulating Mike Taglier from Pro Football Focus. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. Thanks for having me on, man. I know we've talked for a little while about having me on, and it's just weird how this journey leads because when you started the show, it was something I'm like, man, I'd love to share my story, and I wasn't full-time at that point. And so you're like, you know, I'm kind of going through the full-timers and things like that. What happened like a couple weeks later, I went full-time. Um, there was a journey along the way, and I knew it was kind of headed down that road, and I know that's what we're going to talk about today, but man, I... I can't say enough. I'm excited about to be on the show and uh, to follow some of the icons in the industry and some of the names you've had on. Um, man, it's it's going to be a good time. I know that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It will definitely be a good time. And that just, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, along with a lot of other stuff that I wish was on, <laughs> I wish was going to be on the episode. But um, we were talking before the show, and I was saying that, yeah, even back at the beginning of the show, I kind of underestimated the impact that the, that that people would feel from the show, but I was like, oh, I figured people just want to hear from the people that they know, full-timers, you know, the Evan Silvas, the Matt Waldman, Sigmund Blue, Matt Barry, like, but nope, everybody wants to hear from everybody, and uh, now that you're in that tier anyways, let's definitely talk to you, Mike, and so, I, uh, I always start the show off by asking people, how did you kind of come to fall in love with football, with fantasy sports, where did you get the, the bug that we all talk about? Well, me, I've always been just a sports guy in general. Like I grew up playing baseball. Baseball was my sport. Uh, I also grew up in Chicago. So naturally I was going to watch Michael Jordan play basketball growing up. And so heavily into basketball and baseball growing up, not so much into football, which is kind of crazy. But honestly, what got me into football was my love for statistics. So my dad had this thing where we'd be like at a party and uh, he would, you know, he'd be talking with one of the other guys at the party. He'd be like, hey, Mike, come over here. And he'd be like, hey, what's Frank Thomas's batting average today? You know, what's Joey Cora hitting? And I would answer these off the top of my head because I was the type of kid that would run to get the newspaper before my dad did in the morning because I, w- I just needed the statistics. And that's back before we had the internet. So I knew once he had that paper, I wasn't getting it. So therefore, I wasn't able to look at the box scores. So naturally, as I grew up, I went and I played Madden because Madden football was better than the baseball games. It was better than the basketball games. It was just so much fun to play football. Now, I was a Bears fan, but what really got me into football and learning the players was actually Madden football because I'm sure that – I hope I'm not alone here. My wife actually said, Mike, are you sure you want to share this story on Matt Harmon's podcast? And I told her, yeah, because I feel like I'm not alone or I hope I'm not alone. So I had these notebooks, Matt. And they were notebooks like filled with the statistics of the players that I was playing with in franchise mode. So therefore, you know, if Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate are doing this, I notice Golden Tate's still declining. I would trade him away and I would manage my franchise like I was a like I was an owner of the team. So honestly, that's what, my love for statistics in general. I think I enjoyed more than actually playing the game of Madden. And so that's what actually led me into football in general and being a Bears fan. I just always been a sports fan, but my love for statistics is kind of what drove me into football and analyzing it. 
Oh, man. Well, you are always in good company on this show, when, no matter what dorkiness you bring to Madden levels, because uh, I, I can promise you I was right along the same way doing the same sort of stuff. I can even remember sitting in, like, algebra class um, and, and, like, thinking about how on my Madden team, like, if I had this roster and this roster, and it's like, oh, man, that is so painfully dorky. But uh, it is what it is. And, uh, again, you're in good company. We're, we're here. We're, we're all along that tier together. Um, so obviously you got an intense love for statistics and, and sports and everything like that. What did, whatever kind of started, what gave you the impetus to think that you might want to cover the game or more just become more in depth than football? Well, the thing is with football, so once I started finding out more statistics and hearing about fantasy football, so me, I, I, I paid attention to sports. I watched sports throughout high school into my work life and through college. So the thing is with football, <laughs> the weird thing is I didn't get into fantasy football until it was 2008. And the reason I did is I always listened to like sports talk radio. Uh, that's, I hated FM radio. It just got really old. Uh, once I hit like 21 years old, I was done with FM radio and I just moved to AM. All I listened to was AM radio. And that's before even podcasts were a big thing. So I listened to them and uh, I remember, you know, I kind of in the industry, Paul Charchian would come on to the Chicago station I listened to. And he started talking about fantasy football. I'm like, man, this is for, it's like Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. I don't want to get into that. And, you know, like I really, I put it down before even knowing what it was because it was just like, oh, I just thought it was fantasy. Like you made up players. I didn't know what it was until I heard more about it. And so I'm the type of person, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening or that have been on the show that feel the same way. Once I do something, I want to do it right. I don't, I don't go half-ass into it. Uh, like, it, like when I was setting up my home my home uh, studio, if you will, to do podcasts and stuff like that. Obviously, right now I'm in a different setting in the middle of a move, but I bought all the right things I was supposed to because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I don't want to sound, I don't, I don't want to half ass anything. So when it went into fantasy football, before even telling my friends that I was into it, I, uh, I would join like these little community public leagues on Yahoo or ESPN and just like, just do it just to get my feet wet. And uh, in 2009 was the first time I invited my friends into a league with me and uh, drafted and all that stuff and got into it. But once I played fantasy football, I was addicted um, in writing about it, uh, analyzing it and doing that stuff. There's a long story behind that, but it really starts off like this. So in Yahoo leagues, you're able to post smack talk about your opponents, right? I didn't post smack talk. What I did is I went in every single person's like little matchup column and I would write who had the advantage of quarterback, why I felt it. I'd write about running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I put it all in there. And people, like, I, thinking about it now, I'm like, man, I had some time on my hands. But <laughs> I I did that not knowing, like, if anybody was, like, really, like, reading it, my friends. But there was one week where I think we went to the Bears game, and uh, I got text messages from everybody in the league saying, Mike, where's your explanations here? Like, like we missed it. What's going on? And that was really when I realized that people looked – they wanted to hear my opinion uh, about fantasy football. Um, but that's kind of like a little start. There's a, there's more to the story and I know, I know we're going to talk about it, but that was kind of the first thing that made me feel like, okay, I guess I could write a little bit more about it. Yeah. It's so funny when you, I, I always, I feel like the people that end up doing this and end up being, you know, successful, whatever that is uh, at it are, are the guys that, or the guys or girls that, that really, just would have been doing it anyways, you know, like that, it's just like a natural instinct to talk about, to talk about football or to just 
just to go more in depth with something, you know, the attitude, like you mentioned, of I got to I I have to just do this 110 percent because that's just how I do things. So, so take us kind of through your next step there. Continue along the journey. Yeah, so basically next step was me writing about players just for my own my own satisfaction. So I remember it was uh, right before the 2009 season and I was kind of writing a paragraph. I wrote a paragraph on every single player because you'd be surprised about how your thoughts go to paper, especially I think when you're like a natural writer and I always loved writing. So when I started putting my thoughts down on paper, I'd go to read them even a day later and I'd be like, oh wow, okay, that's how I feel about this player. So I did that for my own satisfaction, but then one day, my wife sitting on the couch next to me, she's just like, why don't you do something with your writing? And I was just like, what, what am I supposed to do with it? You know, I know our friends read it, but that, I, don't, I don't know. And she's like, well, whatever. She's like, if you had a website, you know, what would you call it? And at the time, I was like, yeah, I don't know, Tags Fantasy Football, because Tags had always been my nickname. And uh, she's like, okay. And 10 minutes later, she's handing me her laptop saying, here, I bought you the domain. I set it up. You're setting up your website. You're creating it. Now do it. And it was kind of like that shove I needed uh, to actually start writing and putting it out there on the internet. Um, you'll hear a lot throughout my, my journey about my wife and like what she's meant to it and uh, how literally she is my wingman. It's weird that she's not with me. Like I went to an FSTA conference in, uh, in January. And uh, she came with me and I'm not throwing any names out there, but I know there was guys that looked at me and you could tell that were like, well, what's he got his wife here with him for? She is my rock and she's going to be there with me for however long. And by hearing my journey, hopefully you understand why she, I feel that way about her. So she has me a laptop. I set it up. And I remember not long after I posted my first article, we're walking through Walmart doing some shopping. And I'm, of course, I'm checking Twitter that I set up for the website. And I'm checking my email that I set up because I, I put my email on the website saying, hey, if you have any questions, I'd love to talk with you. Send them over. And uh, like it was about an hour after I had started the website, I went over and I checked my email walking through Walmart and uh, the beer inspector. He was the first guy that ever emailed me asking me, and I don't know his real name, but that was his email title. It was the beer inspector. And he gave me like every roster in his league and saying, hey, could you just let me know who you think is the best? So naturally, I'm of course I did. I went through and I started getting more and more emails, uh, Twitter followers. I did probably what we weren't supposed to. <laughs> I went on Twitter and I just searched for people with fantasy football questions and I just answered them, even though they didn't ask me. <laughs> but just but just to try and get my name out there because I had no idea how else to get started. And as I said, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it to my full potential. So I felt like I needed to reach people. Um, so that's where that kind of started. And I want to say things started catching on and uh, fantasy pros actually reached out to me and said, hey, we like the stuff you're putting out there. And, you know, would you be interested in, in ranking with some of the guys in the industry? And I was like, well, yeah. And, you know, there's the Matthew Berries, the John Paulsons, the Mike Clays. Like, these guys were monsters in the community. And I, I joined midway through, I think it was the 2011 season. That's when they invited me in. And uh, they I wasn't involved in the accuracy competition because they said I wasn't there the whole year. But, of course, me being me, I tracked the accuracy. And I would have ended up in the top 15, I want to say, of the 70 analysts that were there. So I was like, okay, that's a good start. Uh, obviously, that's something to build on. And so from there, uh, things kind of started heading in the right direction. I emailed Mike Clay and uh, asked him, I said, hey, Mike, you know, you're someone I look up to in the industry. You're obviously, 
doing football for a living, you know, what is the, is there anything I could do and blah, blah. He's like, you know, just keep working hard. Uh, he's like, you know, obviously I see you're working hard. Uh, the fantasy pros thing, it's nice, but point one in accuracy doesn't make you any better than the next person in line. Uh, there's guys like Matthew Barry that are going to have a lower accuracy score because they're on air with ESPN recording while you're adjusting your rankings. So don't focus so much on the accuracy rankings. He's like, obviously that's a good thing, but just keep working hard. And that's basically the advice he gave me. Um, but that's kind of the launch to my writing career. Um, in between, there's there's so many different things that kind of rang through my head. And um, I'll say this. If you're listening and you, you want to get into writing, I did it for a long time. And uh, it was before the 2015 season. So it was right after 2014. I had gone through. I'd done Fantasy Pros. I'd been running my site. I'd, I'd done okay. and But I felt like I was... Uh, on that tier where it was like, where it was like, you know, those, there were the guys that were way up high and there were the guys like myself that were trying to break it in, but I'd been around for a long time. And Matt, I know you broke through pretty quick, which is fantastic. I wish that my journey could have been like that, but honestly, you kind of learn a lot about yourself during that time because I, after the 2014 season, I knew I had a good following because I was checking my clicks on the, on the website every week. And it was like 3000 views a week. And it was like, okay, you know, I have a following, um, but where is this going? Like, what am I doing? And there was a moment where it was just like, I talked to my wife about, do I stop? And she's like, I don't think you should stop. I think this is something that you should go for. Because we started to see people in the community get full-time jobs doing it. So she's like, I think you should just go all in. I think you should just say, you know what, screw it. I know you've been working on the website and off to the side, but I think you know that we need to dedicate more time to this. So uh, that off season, I decided I'm all in and I'm literally dedicating all my time to do it. I got up at five o'clock in the morning every single day. I would write before I went to work. I'd bring my laptop with me. I wrote on my lunch. I'd get off work and I'd write till 11 o'clock and do it all over again. I did this and then was invited out to Sirius XM Studios. So it was like a nice little break I got um, to be part of an expert draft. So I was like, you know, yes, great, fantastic. And uh, I was excited. And in the meantime, PFF had posted, we're hiring for a part-time writer position, a paid position. I didn't feel like I was on that level yet. And I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're not on the level. Matt, I know that you've talked about, I've heard you say before that you didn't want to apply for the NFL.com job because you didn't know if you were there. You didn't know if that was a job that you should have. But my wife said, babe, what's the worst that they can tell you? They can say no. But you know what? I think you should do it and I think you should try it. So I did, and uh, Mike, Mike Clay and Jeff Ratcliffe gave me a shot, and I wrote uh, part-time with them. And uh, when I went out to the serious draft, it was so funny because I remember being with a lot of the guys in the industry, um, Jake Seeley, you know, um, Jamie Eisenberg, uh, Ray Summerlin. We're all out there, and all I could think about while we're at the Nationals game, because we went to a, a baseball game after the draft, was – I should be working right now. I should be honing in my craft. I should be, because that's all I had known. Like I literally had dedicated myself to my writing and my research that I felt like someone was out there working harder than me at that particular moment. Now I know it's important to, you know, have hobbies and things like that, but um, I just also felt like your determination has to be more than anybody else's if you want that job that you're, that you're striving for. And for me, it was to get a full-time job. So um, I know I've been talking for a while, and <laughs> um, but that was kind of 
my first big break was getting invited out to Sirius XM and then being hired by PFF as a part-time writer. So much of what you said was, was really important there. Um, for one, especially I can, you know, resonate with the fact that, you know, you bring up like it, it happened very quickly for me, which is always something I say like, Hey, don't, doesn't happen like that for everybody. And I think you bring up a good counterpoint there. Um, and one, one thing I really like what you said was just that I have to work harder than everybody else. You know, that is really important because, but that's also, it's, it's difficult because there are so many people out there working really hard. And um, I guess my follow-up question to that would be, do you think like, how sustainable do you think things would have been with that? Like, cause I would say, you know, like in not a dangerous way, but like a, an obsessive way that you had like a mindset of working, like you're even sitting there at a baseball game being like, you know, you should be like theoretically relaxing. You're like, somebody should be, I, I should be working right now. And I, I would get the same way. I mean, I, I still get the same way sometimes. Um, sometimes is being generous more like all the time, <laughs> but, but, and I still get that way. Do you, do you think that, that that can ever push like, like a boundary of unsustainability or like how long do you think that, that can go on before it begins to take a toll on your mental or physical health? I think some people, I don't think some people, I think some people it's not made for. Honestly, there's people that have talked to me. There's friends that have talked to me that have seen me come up in the industry and they, they say, Mike, you're, you're inspiring me. And uh, I've had people, our Twitter, Twitter followers saying the same thing where I say, sit down, write an article a day. Like, just try and do that. Put, write down 5,000 words about how you feel about a team, a player, anything. And honestly, most people re realize after doing that, even for a week, that it's really hard to sustain that type of production. Um, and I know it's easier said than done, but I promise you, I am not going to complain about what I do now, but football is something that's never gotten old to me. And I could research football all day. I could write about football all day. And that's what kind of made me get to full-time. And it wasn't because I got the break for part-time writing. It wasn't because I got invited out to Sirius XM to partake in that draft. It was because I ultimately decided that I'm going to do this full-time. The reason I decided that was because... My dad, when I was younger, he, uh, he, he died at 49, so it kind of sucks that he's not witnessing everything that he kind of helped build, but uh, when I was younger, he would tell me, he's like, Mike, you could do anything you put your mind to, and of course, me being the smart ass I was, I said, you know, dad, and I was a slow runner, like, like running, I, I'm, I was slow as dirt as a kid, so I was like, dad, I could never be, you know, as fast as Carl Lewis, you know, you're saying I could do anything I want, well, I can't do that, and he's like, you, you could if you, if you really wanted to, and um. So after he died, it was just like, that's when I kind of had to become my own man. And like, I grew up and uh, so I decided I'm thinking nothing but positive thoughts. I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to become full-time. There is no other option. Failure is not an option. So my job while working part-time at PFF, I can say I worked it uh, with Chase Private Client. My job with Chase was to retain some of the high net worth individuals. I had a fantastic job, one that people literally would love to have. 95% of people would say, Mike, that's a career. And I thought it was my career. But once I decided that I wanted to retire, like, so, okay, so let me rewind for a second. My entire life, right out of high school, my dad asked me, he's like, Mike, do you want to go to college or do you want to come work for me? And I said, I want to go work for you. I want to make money. I want to retire at 55. So I, I worked, worked, worked. I ended up having major back surgery. I blew out my back. I had a fusion at 28 years old and um, like it was scary stuff. So I, after that, I ended up going back to school, getting in with Chase. 
Um, but in, after my dad dying at 49, I kind of felt like, yeah, I need to retire young. I need to enjoy life before it's too late. Well, then I started thinking about like the pros and cons of going full-time with football. I knew I wasn't going to make as much money. I knew that that, that was just, it was not going to happen. Um, but I also thought about happiness. And to me, I, 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 one day I'm going to get a tattooed somewhere on me. I'm going to, it's going to say happiness is wealthiness. So the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what, if I write full-time and if I'm covering football, I won't ever need to retire because I will write on my days off. I do write on my days off. I get up at five o'clock in the morning because it's what I want to do. So when I decided that somehow, some way I was going to be full-time, it lived, there was no other option for me. And so I set it in motion and I, I started working, working, and I, and I was going to write for multiple sites. I was like, you know what, if I have to write for 20 sites, I don't care. I'm going to do it because that's what I want to do. And uh, it just so happens that PFF ended up saying, we want you to be exclusive. And I was like, well, I, I'm kind of going to write for multiple sites that I've already talked to. So I don't know where we go. And they're like, well, what would you need in order to make this work? So that's when I became full-time with PFF um, for this season. And um, what tomorrow brings, we don't know. But what I do know one thing is that nobody will work harder than I will. And um, that I'm going to do this full-time because it's what my passion is. It's what my, it's what drives me. My 13 year old daughter, she it's, it's amazing that she has teachers that they're like, wait, we know your last name. Like, where's it from? And she's just like, you like football? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, you probably know my dad. And, um, it's so surreal to know that there's been two teachers that she's had that have known my name through my writing, through PFF, through fantasy pros. It's the most surreal experience that and, and like the older she gets and now she's 13 and saying, daddy, I'm so proud of you. You're living your dream. This is literally what my dad talked about and we're here. So I, and I don't want it to end. So that's why I tell people that it's just work hard because it, it, it can all go away. If you decide one day that it's just, Oh, I made it. I'm here. It's just going to keep happening. It's never just yeah. going to keep happening. You must keep, you have to keep working in order to, to keep going. And uh, I want to keep going. So. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that is the biggest thing when you get to like, when you get that full time job or you know whatever your goal is. Um, the, the the reality is that somebody's going to want to take it from you. You know, not not maybe not intentionally like that. Like they could like I'm going to take Mike Tagliere's job or I'm going to take Matt Harmon's job, but somebody wants it. You know, and if you get there and you don't maintain it, um, that, that like somebody. Somebody younger and, in my case, more talented or more handsome uh, might, might come and see <laughs> they, they won't have a better beard, though. I can say that. God, well, I hope not. Well, as soon as the mustache catches up to the rest of the beard, then we can say that. <laughs> but that we're still we're still working uh, progress like that. Dollar dollar beard of dollar, or dollar beard club sponsor the podcast. Or, come on, <laughs> use your product. Sponsor the podcast anyway. Um, Mike, so I know you just kind of became full-time, so maybe you can't say so much maybe how things have changed since then, or maybe you can, feel free to answer it that way, but I guess maybe even a better question is, projecting going forward, how do you think your role in the industry, or just your life in general on a day-to-day basis will change now that you are full-time in football? Well, the role has already changed. Um, Obviously, we, um, so when I got that offer from PFF, it's crazy because my wife had just graduated nursing school. So she was looking for a job. We had sold our house because we were going to move wherever 
she got a job closer to her job because I was going to be writing from home. So she got a multiple offers from Arizona. So that's what brought us out here. And right now, honestly, I had this, 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 uh, <laughs> the way things would go set up in my mind as to what I was going to do every single day. Be like, you know, I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out at this time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work. I cannot, I found it right now. I cannot separate my work life from what's supposed to be my personal life. Like mm. I'm, I'm working. Um, and, and I know they, I don't want to, I hate calling it work. Um, just because it's, it's what I would do on my day off. Right. But, well, it's, it's work, but it's, it's fun in a way. And like, yeah. it's, it's what, you know, like this morning I, uh, I like finished eating breakfast and it was like, you know, it was to kill time before we got on the podcast, I chartered a couple of John Brown games. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I, no, what's wrong? But no, yeah. It's just a saying. I I agree with the sentiment, and I think a lot of people that uh, do this would. Oh yeah, well, it's even like the, this past weekend, the Fourth of July. I know a lot of people were out there celebrating, doing fireworks and things like that. But uh, I haven't let my work ethic go away. Being home now, um, I was working the Fourth of July weekend. On Monday, I even made it a point to just say I'm going to go work for a couple hours, and I started charting game logs. So when you know you went back and you looked at Robert Griffin's and Nick Foles' you know game logs from 2012, you know that you're getting into deep territory. Um, the Ooh, thing is, is, that's the sickness. That is it, the sickness right there. It a hundred percent is, but I can't get enough of it. It's like, these are the things that what I want to be in the industry is I want to be the guy that can come on a podcast, not know at all what you're going to talk about, like the players you're going to talk about, but be able to talk logically and knowledgeably about what everything is. Like, I don't want to have to research a player. I want to know about that player before I even come on. Sure. You could look up neat little tidbits, but I like the idea of just knowing knowing things before I'm even prompted to know about them. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I can't take in enough knowledge applying it, obviously trying to make it relatable for the readers and stuff like that. But um, the neat part that I'm able to do now though, is like I'm, I'm doing my PFF stuff. I'm doing the podcast for PFF. And then I'm doing my own podcast with my wife. Um, one that that I think everybody, all of your listeners would be happy to know that you're going to be on in the near future. Um, but it, it's a fun show that we're combining something in it. And honestly, it might even help take me away from football, even, you know, like when I'm, when I'm trying to continually work, but it takes me a little bit away from football where our podcast is like a comedy slash personal slash football one, like that where we combine everything. So it's so fun to have time to do those things that I've always wanted to do. And meanwhile, work on football all the time. Yeah. And let's just jump, since you brought it up, let's just jump right into the podcast because it's one of the reasons that I definitely wanted to have you on right now. Because you're, you're, you're about five episodes in, uh, I think. You've had a really good, I mean, you've had you've had my dad, Sig, on mm-hmm. the podcast. You've had Brad Evans, uh, Jake Seeley, I know you've had on there. You've had a few other people. It's been it's been a really fun listen. And, you know, I will say kind of echo the sentiment, sentiments that you had there, like the hardest part of being football full time. And this is like the like first biggest first world problem of all time. Nobody feels bad for us about this, but like <laughs> the, the hardest part about being football full time is to, you know, take, take time away from football because it's very important. And I've had to do that this off season. That's been a big important thing for me. Uh, you know, whether it's being obsessed with the, the garden, uh, you know, and, um, I mean, the, do- the dog's always taking my attention away, but uh, that's that's the center of my world, so it's a whole other thing. But this podcast, kind of similar to yours, is is not necessarily always about football. You know, it's about human interest stories, I would say, and that's an important part of it too. Taking you know, taking a little time away from football. Um, but so let's dig into your podcast. It's called the Hot Route. 
correct. Uh, it's yeah. from the Lights Out Fantasy uh, page on iTunes, with the words is how I subscribe to it. But so you and your wife, who you've mentioned several times so far, and obviously is a key part to your story, you guys co-hosted together. And that's important because I know she always emphasizes, you know, the co- <laughs> you're the co-host, Mike. Yeah. You have to learn to share. Uh, and you guys do a really good job of interviewing people. A little bit about football, but also about, um, about the personal side, too, and just some fun games and questions. What was the impetus to kind of start the, that podcast? Um, honestly, you know, you know, there's those couples that, you know, they do better when they spend more time apart, like where they're just like, you know, I don't want to get too much of my wife because then I'll kill her and all this stuff. Tabby and I are the exact opposite. We do better when we're spending time together. Um, like I love her, like literally if I could build a woman, like, you know, those build a bear shops, if I could build, if I could build a woman, it would be my wife. Like I literally wouldn't trade her for anything. Um, and so when we talked about doing a podcast together, because multiple people have told us, Mike and Tabby, you guys got to do it because she's knowledgeable in football. She can talk football. Um, she may not be on the level of, you know, Matt Harmon or, you know, uh, Matthew Barry or anything like that, but she can talk football enough to make it work. And so many people, whether it be, you know, through the football world, whether it be through our friends, whether it be through just anybody that we meet, they just say, you guys have a certain chemistry about you and it just works. So we thought, you know what, let's take up this little hobby to do something for us that will involve everybody in the industry and maybe just give a little break from all the seriousness. And I know that Brad Evans talked about that in our podcast. He's like, you know, I, I appreciate this podcast because there's too many people out there that take themselves too seriously. He's like, and you guys are just, it's silly stuff. Like we talked about Tabby making out with pictures on her wall when she was a kid uh, the other day. Um, we talked, we asked Brad Evans, what would happen if Pinocchio were to tell you my nose is about to grow? So it's just like these crazy off the wall stuff that make people think that like it just it gives you a break from the nonstop football because we're at the point in the offseason where people I mean, we know where people are planting their flags. We're starting to see those things and we all can't wait for the season. Like I really can't wait to talk nothing but football. Um, But we're also at that point in the the offseason where people are like, okay, we've heard enough. There's no there's not really any news. So we figure that this podcast is it brings our our chemistry together as well as others and having fun in the industry. And that's, that's ultimately what it's all about. And uh, so far, man, uh, over the past two weeks, uh, I checked this morning and it's up 590% for the flights out podcast. So thank you guys all for the support. If you're listening to that and that, and Matt, thank you for listening. It means a lot that you've listened to them. And I know you told me that you've listened to everyone. And that, that means a lot. Like, I don't know if, if there's anything that I could say about the uh, fantasy football industry is that most people in it, are um we're a community like when i when i was nervous like matt i'm sure that there was a time where you went into a room with a bunch of other fan- football guys and you were just like it was like your first time you know where you're nervous and you're like oh my god like i'm going to hang out with these that when i went to sirius xm that's kind of how i felt like i don't know how i'm gonna fit in with these guys you know mm-hmm. but once you get around us get around them they're just like us. They literally are. They're just people. Like they're just people that love football just as much as we do. And that's why you could spend hours and hours talking to these guys. And honestly, you kind of learn a lot from meeting people in the industry like Matthew Barry. I know you talked to him on your podcast on this one. And uh, there's probably gonna be a part two to that. Um, but Matthew Barry, even talking to him in person, very down to earth guy. Like we saw him, Tabby and I saw him in like literally a day later, he saw us. He's like, Hey, Mike and Tabby, what's going on? Like, and it was just like, we're all normal people, uh, even people that are on TV, your favorite rock star, like all those people, they're people out there and they've worked to get where they are. Don't ever curse somebody for getting where they did. 
um, just say they did something that I maybe just missed out on. And that, like, just make sure that you're doing enough work to say that I don't miss out on that opportunity next time that it comes around. So um, there's a whole bunch of angles and that's why this show is so much fun because there's so many different stories out there. Um, but just know if you literally, and echoing what my dad told me as a kid, if you want to do something, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Uh, it's what you want to make as a priority. If you want to take a shower today, you're going to take a shower today. If you don't, you're not going to. Um, it it does take certain things to fall into place, but hard work looks a lot like opportunity. It's very true. Um, I'm, I probably will take a shower today except to go into the office for a meeting at once. <laughs> I guess I, I, I will probably dare to dream to take a shower. But <laughs> I think one of the things that you said, Mike, that was so very true is like humanizing us. I hate to say us, but like yeah. humanizing us because, I mean, I, I know I'm a freaking human being i live with myself every day but you know somebody somebody from the i can't remember somebody was listening to the show recently just tweeted me about it and said like the coolest thing about it is that like it makes you guys you know real people you know not just people that talk about football in 140 characters at a time and i think that is so important and yeah i can totally echo that sentiment of uh like the first time that i went out to the football guys vegas retreat uh <laughs> in 2015 uh or yeah, yeah, 2015, and like the, the like, I remember being so nervous, which is so stupid now to think about that because like I'm, so, I'm friends with all those guys, and I can't, I can't say enough about football guys. Like, if there's a place that really exemplifies like that community aspect and like taking care of each other and all about being a part of a team, you know, it's football guys, and that's why. Well, unless unless NFL.com ever really puts my face to the fire, I will always write for football guys. I always want to stay there. Um, it's a, it's a great place, but, but yeah, I remember feeling that way of being like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet these people like Sigmund Bloom and Matt Walden. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm really nervous. And I think it's so stupid because it's all just real people, you know, but, but I think it's an important part of the show. But I will say, Mike, one of the things that makes your show such a fun, uh, show to listen to and why people, if, they, if they're, if they're listening to this show, why I think they would really like it is like when you ask those questions, like, you know, I like as a listener, I like answer them, you know, yep, like I yep. think about what my answer would be. And that's so fun because it just engages that like, you know, lighthearted side, side of yourself. Um, it, and it really brings out like just more like listener engagement, whether you know it or not, because it's one thing to sit and listen to a football podcast and be like, I could have said that, or I, I, this is what I think about Kobe Fleener. Mike thinks this, but this is what I think about Kobe Fleener. But it's a whole other thing when, when you're doing it with, you know, <laughs> making out with pictures or, or like Jody Smith's story about sneaking into a nightclub with the cotton balls. I mean, that's kind of stuff. It's like, it's like, <laughs> so what, my, what would my story be about getting kicked out of a nightclub, you know? So stuff like that. I think it's why it's such a great connection to make with the, with the, the listener and with the analyst on the show. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. We have so much fun. Even like when you sit there and talk about it, I laugh to myself and that tells me we're doing something right. Um, and you know, like in, you know, the Twitter followers and stuff like that, that it humanizes us and all that stuff. That's my, I would say, and I know you've asked people on the show before, like, what's your biggest issue in the fantasy football community? Like, is there anything that you'd change? You know, uh, I know Matt Friedman talked about the issue of, you know, feeling bad that you like football because it's such a violent game. Um, but my issue honestly would be to, and I, honestly, if I could reach one person in this, if there's somebody higher up in the industry, I know I'm not in the upper echelon of, you know, the names out there yet, but I promise you one thing. I will always, always appreciate every single follower I have. Anybody that asks me a question, you are on the level of everybody else. Um, I've seen 
I mean, me, me personally, I've been part of it where I might say congratulations to someone and they don't even have the decency to say, oh, thanks, man, I really appreciate that. Like take two seconds of your day. Like, but then if somebody, a bigger name in the industry says something, of course they say something back to them. So my issue is, and, and I promise you, and if, you know, five years down the road, I am one of those bigger names in the industry that people like talk to. Um, I promise you, this is my solemn promise. And you can come back to this podcast that I will always treat my followers equally to anybody in the industry and like interact with you because without you guys, we are nothing. And I, I, I really want everybody to know that we are nothing. So when we ask for your input on a podcast, you know, like Matt giving me his feedback on the podcast, it means so much. And it means also just as much to hear from somebody, one of my followers about the podcast, because if we don't have interaction, we have nothing. Um, and I know you talked about Sigmund Bloom. I, I can't say enough about that man and how how wonderful of a human being he is and what he's done. Uh, I call him dad too. He's like my <laughs> he's like my second dad. So um, Sigs, he's a fantastic guy. And if you're a, I like, if there's anybody out there that ever has any questions, feel free to reach out. I think you could say myself, Matt. I, I know Matt talks on Twitter a lot. Um, too much. I think. I've, I think we, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's it's a sickness. I think that's a sickness in itself, the how often I check Twitter. It's a problem, um, but it's what I enjoy. Uh, I feel like that's my family there that I could, you know, go and talk to anytime I want to. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I love that answer for two reasons. One, because I can scratch something off the mental agenda to ask you. About <laughs> and uh, also, I, I that's such a great point that I think, you know, should never be taken for granted like your followers, because I mean, those are the people that, uh, that, like you said, that got us here. You know, I try to, no matter how many I followers I have, and I think it's, it seems like it's growing every day. It uh, is. Yeah. 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 You're, you're like over 23 now, 25, something like that. It, it cracked 24. This Damn. Weekend. Nice. Don't worry. I pay attention. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <enough> attention. <laughs> I'm not going to, not going to be fake humble about it. I, I pay attention to that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, it's, it's no matter how many there are, I try to engage as much as possible. I mean, there are sometimes too many tweets to keep up with. Um, I know I'm probably sitting on a bunch cause I tweeted something about John Brown and then immediately hopped on the air with you. So I probably got a few things to say, but I mean, I try to keep up with it as much as possible. I try to do those periscope sessions now because it's just, I want, the people to follow that follow me to know that I care about them. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's, I want them to have good football information, but I also want them to know that I appreciate them and that like, I, you know, it's, it's as simple as like, I give a shit about them, you it's, know? It's true. And it's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that, that you care enough to do it. Like your Periscope, congrats on that, by the way. I was, t I tuned in for like the first half of it and you got over a thousand people in there. Did you end up getting over 2000 people in there? Is that what I heard? I, I think that by the end of it, there was, or there were 16,000 or not 16,000, uh, 1,600 like live viewers. I think by the end of it, I looked back, there was over 2000 viewers, but yeah, that was like throw. I mean, cause I've done, cause Mike, it's so funny. I've done, um, I think it was the fifth one I've done. I'm going to actually do one tonight and give away a uh, give away a prize too, by the way. Uh, but well, I could, this is so stupid because this episode's going to be out after that. So it's <laughs> 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 so a dumb thing to say. But anyways, um, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one tonight. But I, I think that was about the fifth one that I did. And all the ones preceding that, probably because it was just the off season, like I got about 70 viewers. And then that one, like last week or whatever, two weeks ago, like when it started to get thousand, I was like, oh my God, that's so many. <laughs> and those questions come so fast. But like, that's that sort of simple stuff, like just engaging with the people that uh, pay attention to you is, is really important to me. 
You know, it really is. And that's the thing is like, so last season we started up this thing. I'm, I'm positive we're going to do it again. So last season uh, on Sunday mornings, Tabby and I would do a show on Twitch TV. So uh, we invited our followers out there and it was growing. It wasn't near 1000 people watching, but what we wanted it to be was a place where people could go like it was their morning show. Like I know I used to watch ESPN, NFL Network and these morning shows that would be on TV and people send in their tweets and stuff like that and get some questions answered. But it's on a volume thing where it's like very unlikely that you'll get your question answered. So we figured we'd do a show where you could speak with me. Like I'm an analyst and I'll answer every question I possibly can. So like it started getting more and more people started doing some donations, which was fantastic. It was out of this world. Like some of the feedback we've gotten from people, they're like, you know, this is our new Sunday morning ritual is coming in to see you guys where Tabby was, Tabby was going through all the, the Twitter feeds and making sure that we had injury updates. She was checking the weather for us. So it was just like, Every morning, like every week, I'd give out a DFS cash game lineup, which I think we went 12 for 16, which was really good. Nice. Um, but we're going to continue that this year um, just because it's just a way to stay in contact with the followers. Because if there's one thing you could take away from me, it's that I appreciate every single person I come in contact with. I look forward to it. I still get nervous sometimes. We're like, like talking on the show with you today. Like it, it, um, it means a lot to me. And like, I'm like a kid in a candy store in this whole fantasy industry. And I'm never going to leave this candy store is basically what it comes down to. Um, I can get excited about anything. I'm going to be on Sirius XM this weekend with Bob Harris. I, I have podcasts scheduled with on our show. I could give you a teaser that we're going to talk to Rummy. We're going to talk to Evan Silva here coming up. So it's just like, I'm so excited about some of the things that are coming in the future. And uh, all of you followers are who made it possible. So thank each and every one of you. And I think, I think Matt would tend to agree on that. Yeah, definitely. And I can, I can definitely, uh, not sympathize, but I guess uh, I, I could definitely agree with the uh, being excited about every single thing. Like, I mean, I've been on, I think, approximately uh, 500,000 podcasts this off season, but like every single <laughs> one, I still get jazzed up to talk about, talk about whatever it is I'm going to talk about. You know, it's, it's, it's fun every single time, just because, you know, whether it's, it's, it's a little self-validating, you know, like, Hey, these people want to listen to you. And, and again, it's just, it's just an opportunity to give good information out there. Mike, I want to ask you just, and this might be just, um, you know, cause we're, we're certainly, I don't want to, I've done this too many times on my, on my podcast, dive into my personal feelings of, of love and romance and dating and all that bullshit. But I want to ask you a little bit <laughs> there. You can see where my attitude is about it right now, but um, I really was, you know, just very almost like moved over here listening to you talk about, talk about your wife and your relationship and everything. And I want to just dive into that real quick before we get out of here again. Um, and, and this again, like it might be a little bit of a, a selfish question because I have always told all my, all my girlfriends, um, I have never really dated anybody that liked football. Mm-hmm. And I always said, like, I always tell them, you know, they were, you know, they always ask me like, is that really something you want? Like, don't you want somebody that's inter- like, interested in football? And I always like say, you know, no, I don't. I actually <laughs> I want the opposite. Like, I want you to be my escape from, I talk about football all damn day. Yep. I want to talk about other parts of, of my life with you. But that's my opinion. You and, and Tabby clearly have a, a connection, obviously, for on a number of different levels, but, but definitely about fantasy football and football. Mm-hmm. Is that like that? Talk about why that's important and what it, like what it means to you and why you feel that that's important in your relationship. 
Well, the crazy part is that when we when we first met, Tabby didn't know the first thing about football. Like she didn't even watch Bears games. She didn't do anything. So to give it some context, Tabby grew up in a NASCAR family. So when you grew up in a NASCAR family, you almost know nothing about sports. She had never traveled out of her state. She had never flown anywhere. She had never seen a baseball game. She had never been to a basketball game, football game, none of it. So Tabby growing up didn't have very much. But like I think the key thing here is that she was willing to give anything that I loved a shot. And she said it like, and she said it from the first day we met and she still says it today is that the thing that she admires most about me is my passion. And so when there's something that I have a passion for, she's going to try and make it a point to have an interest in it as well. And by having her do that with football, um, that it, 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 I'm a lucky man. And like I said, I know that some people might view that as a downfall. Like they might say, I don't want too much of my wife or my girlfriend. I just think that you haven't found the right one yet. Um, that, that would be my saying just because like, if there's something that she wants to do, like she, she's huge into, uh, self like health right now, uh, obviously that's why she became a nurse. So me learning more and more about our organic foods and some of the, like the stuff that we put in our bodies. I know you're huge on that, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. and your, your story in itself is fantastic. Um, and where you've been and what you've done to get where you are today. It, it's inspiring stuff. Um, so like to learn about that stuff, because that's what interests her. That's what turns her on. Um, but I can say through and through that she's just made me a better person all around. Um, and I, whether she, whether your your significant other likes football, whether they don't, um, just try and take interest in things that they love and uh, they'll appreciate you for it. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And uh, maybe, maybe someday I'll find something. Like You'll that. find or, somebody. I mean, they, they have to like Charlie. I think Charlie's the most important thing there. Uh, well, that is a deal breaker. I mean, yeah. you, can, yeah. Yeah, I, you, can, you can even like baseball which is a sin, but you can, <laughs> you can even like baseball for all I care. But if you don't like the dog, you hit the bricks, sweetheart. Sorry. Now, hold it. on, Matt. So if a quick question for you, if someone were to say, all right, Matt, we're going to introduce you to the, the dream girl of your life. Okay. This is the woman that you've wanted your entire life. She wants you to shave your beard. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> is Matt Hartman going to shave his beard? Oh, oh man. That's you, the hardest you, you, question. You better shave asked. your beard, Matt. You better do it. <laughs> Next time it grows in, your mustache will come in darker too. It's going to be fantastic. Okay, well, do I have to shave it forever, or do I just have to shave it once? No, just shave it once, and maybe down oh. and down the road, once she gets more and more comfortable with you, and she loves you for who you are, and not necessarily for for the looks, then you can grow the beard back, and then she's going to love you regardless. I mean, I guess I would do it, but again, I think <laughs> I think the fact like how hesitant I am just again tells you where the place I'm at in my life with, with relationships. <laughs> But I, but I mean, no, I, I would definitely, sh- I would shave it, you know, once that's whatever, but I can also tell you, Mike and everybody listening that, and this hypothetical, uh, dream girl, I could tell you that, uh, you're not going to like what, what you see if, if it's shaved, I'm going to look like I'm 13 years old. Uh, just, I, I promise you that, um, I still have a bit of a, a bit of a baby face under the beard. At least I think so. It's been three years since I've seen it, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, no, I think that I, yeah. I, I guess I can sacrifice something like that for my hypothetical uh, <laughs> dream girl. Well, if we find somebody, if we find someone out here in Arizona, I mean, you're in LA, so we're not too far, but I think it's like a four hour ride. We, oh, I, do, I do love Arizona, man. You know, my cross country road trip, that was like, I did definitely fall in love with that state. That is, there's just so much. I mean, I know you guys just got out there, but right. you've got a, I don't know if you've ever been there before, before moving out there, but uh, you have a laundry list of things you need to go see in Arizona. It is just a beautiful state. 
Yeah, we've been out here just visiting uh, my grandparents, which is my grandpa, actually, until we actually just found a house, except they accepted the offer. So we're moving into our house, which we had to time it exactly right. Um, we're moving in at the end of August, so therefore I'm able to move before the season starts because I, I, I there was no way I could move in season. Like that no. would just, no. God, no. 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 Impossible. You can't, you can't hardly go out to dinner during the season. So <laughs> it's kind of true. It helps that we're full time now that yeah. so I'm able to actually do some other things if I want to. Like we're, we're just watching the all or nothing show with the Cardinals. I don't know if you've seen it at all, but okay. it's Alex and I just blew through the last like five episodes last night. So... Yeah, we're three quarters of the way through. So we're enjoying that. It's just like things like that that I didn't have a chance to do while doing football and my day job. And so now that I'm doing football full time, I'm able to do little things like that that can help keep me sane but it's football go figure we're watching a football program when i'm taking a break <laughs> right no it's still it's still all all related but yeah man i love that all or nothing show the great part about it that i think we we miss sometimes in the fantasy community is it just shows like the culture of football and that can sometimes be a negative thing i know my my, my man eric stoner talks about like how we overlook some of the negativity of football culture sometimes and not like you know concussions and all that sort of stuff but just like the very macho like war like mentality that it, they're just which also you get from that show too like you yep. like these are just different people they're yep. wired differently than we are they interact differently than we do and it's that is so fascinating to me i mean this is this is like right up my alley this is what i <laughs> what was really going to do with my life before i decided i want to write about football but and but also like that after the, my favorite team is like i don't know if you, how far you guys are into it but um, my favorite was the scenes like after the Green Bay, uh, Arizona. Uh, I haven't playoff. seen that yet. No, no, we're at the part where um, Patrick Peterson just had his baby. Um, oh. Which, by the way, Dude. like I've actually fell in love with that guy. Like uh, I always oh, thought, he was, I always thought he was cocky and just really, really like cocky. But he is, but he's not. Like he's, a, he seems like a really good dude. I love their bucket game. And by the way, yeah. I, I don't know if you're going to FSTA in Nashville uh, this this coming winter, but uh, as long as our baby that's on the way isn't born like right there which i don't know what the dates are yet mm -hmm. um like our baby's the january 23rd that's when the due date is but uh fsta i don't know when but we should do something like that like where if we do the bucket game or something like that and then somebody has to dress up like oh however we want them to i think it'd be fantastic i'd be the one that had to dress up though so <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean, but that's just yeah you're right by the way that was like sometimes like um yeah, I mentioned we were talking about this. I can't remember if it was even recorded or if it was before because we just kind of bled right into the conversation. But I can't like seeing a seeing a kid like that sometimes. Like I'm like, damn, I want a kid. Like, but I don't. But I don't. But I don't at all. But like, that's one of those moments too. It's just such a cool. It's such like a cool thing to see. Like the struggles and then like the just the growth of it is cool. But yeah, that scene after I won't spoil too much of it. But just seeing like everybody interact after that and like how just how it was like that's the cool stuff like about you know the camaraderie and football culture and team and all that sort of stuff that we overlook when sometimes in fantasy when it's just you know numbers and results and how many yards and touchdowns and catches do they get and sometimes like we just you know chemistry and and uh you know coming back to john brown again like there's a scene when they when they eventually all have to go home the season ends and the scene between carson palmer and john brown like is just really cool like you know just this like keeping up the chemistry sort of thing. And that, that stuff matters. It matters in fantasy football. We just overlook mm -hmm. it. No, it really is. Show. Yeah, really no, there's show. there's definitely a human element to all things football. And I try and keep that in context. Like that's, that's one thing is I'll never talk bad about someone's opinion on a player. Like, I don't know. 
I think that that's uh, there's a there's a reason that my followers I don't get too many trolls or too many you know people yelling at me because I'm respectable to other people. I'll never call someone an idiot if they say I would they're like you know I'd take Lamar Miller over Todd Gurley. I'm not going to call him an idiot. I'm I'm yeah. curious to, I'm curious to hear why and I'll listen. Now whether we disagree that's a different thing, but I'm always respectable and therefore I think my followers are respectable. But that's the human element to it. It's like even us we're yeah we're fantasy football guys, but. There's a human element, like it hurts yeah. sometimes when you see when you hear some things. So, oh, definitely, and you know, I'm not saying this to to brag about either either of us, but you know, like Rum for Johnny, our our, our good our good friend, uh, you know, he made he said the other day he put us on the Mount Rushmore of good guys in the industry. Which yeah. wow. I love that. That was that, that meant a lot, man. Yeah, it's very it's it is always like really cool to hear stuff like that. But you know, and I think it's just you you said you don't get a lot of trolls. I don't get a lot of trolls, and I get a lot of positivity from my followers, much more than negativity. And I think that the the important thing is is that what you put out there into the universe is what you get back into it. And I think that you know I you, same same thing. I do the same thing, and I feel you're this you're the exact same ways. You put a lot of positivity out there. We talked about caring about our followers and and mm -hmm. putting that effort out there. And I think that that's what you get back from it too. And so yeah, it's it's all very cool. Um, kind of winding down here, Mike. I really, of course, appreciate your time. This has really been a fantastic conversation. I've probably laughed more on this episode uh, and before we started recording than I have on any <laughs> others. Um, just I guess. One other thing I wanted, no, there's Charlie's input. Um, I guess one other thing I, I wanted to kind of touch on, and I know you've kind of hit on, you know, never giving up and, and always working hard, but now that you're full time, you know, what's, what's next? I kind of ask people like, what's the end game for you? Where do you see this? Where do you see this story going for Mike Taglier? Honestly, that's a question that I don't really know the answer to yet. Um, what I do know is that I will work in football. I'm going to continue doing this. Uh, and now where it, where it goes, I don't know. I mean, PFF, I'm signed through the end of this year, uh, through the, the season into February. Um, and then from there, you know, that's where things get interesting and uh, we see where it goes. But honestly, I'm excited just for the road. I'm, I'm honestly honored at the ability to go full-time like I have um, – but honestly, I just think it's something where I'm going to be hired full time throughout the year. Uh, maybe, I don't know, benefits are thrown in there at some point, <laughs> uh, like, yeah. like all, all that stuff. But honestly, I'm just taking it as we go. And uh, like I said, happiness is wealthiness. And right now, you're not going to find a happier guy to be full time than me. Totally. I mean, that shows. And it's very cool that it does show because it always should when you get a, when you get a, a, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Um, Mike? It's now the portion of the show that uh, some people like, some people don't. Uh, uh, this is where I always, right at the end of the show, I give the guest one last shot at the floor before I yank it out from under you. So if there's any parting shots you have to take, um, tell me how stupid I look with a headband, this, that, or the other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> feel free. Feel free. The floor is now yours. Um, no, I, I, I'll start by saying thank you for having me on. It means the world. And like I said, I never take any of these things for granted. Um, and to those out there listening, if, um, if you ever have a question, don't hesitate to ask me on Twitter because that's what I'm there for. Um, check out our podcast, uh, my wife and mine. Uh, I just feel like it's different. I'm not in direct competition with anybody else out there. It's just a fun show that we want you, everybody to be a part of. If you have any questions or you want one of your favorite analysts on there, let us know what that question is. And uh, you can find my writing at PFF this year. I am exclusive to PFF this year with my writing. So um, make sure you check them out. And uh, that's one other thing. The last thing I guess I'd want to say is that, you know, um, I know before even I started writing fantasy football, um, I never wanted to pay for a website to see their content. 
uh, because I always felt like I knew enough and this and that and I could do my research. But honestly, there's a lot of people out there that don't have the time to do the research. So to pay $30, $50 for a membership, seriously, you're helping one of us in the industry do what we love. Uh, so any of these podcasts you've listened to, you've helped contribute to that. Um, you've helped make that dream come true. Uh, and if you want to do it yourself, there is a road for you and you can do it. And Matt and Matt's podcast has kind of lined that out, like the path out for you, whichever way you choose to go. Um, but just know it's like one dinner a year that you're skipping to pay for that membership. So it's like the small, like skipping Starbucks a couple days or whatever the case may be. Um, just know that we appreciate all the support we get, no matter which website, whether it's football guys, whether it's PFF, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening because without you, we are nothing. Thanks, Matt. Very, very good point. And yeah, it's, it's true. If you can, if you can swing it, you know, and, and, you know, that's up to you to decide like totally the subscriptions are important, you know, and, and as Sigmund says about football guys, whatever you give us, we will give you back in return and double that, you know, or something, something like that. He probably says it better than me, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why the, that's why, you know, I'm the son, not the father. But anyways, <laughs> before before we get it, before I get too weird on that one, um, of course, I want to thank you, Mike, for coming on today. This was really a fantastic discussion. I think that people will be really inspired by your enthusiasm and your, your dedication to what you do. And I think that that is something that if you're an aspiring writer, definitely take those things away from it. And for all you out there listening, we are... The closing in on the end of season one, and of course, want to want to continue to show my gratitude and appreciation to everybody that is uh, listening and following along the show. If you can continue to show your support by rating and reviewing the show, sharing it with your friends, and you know, get building up that anticipation for when it ends, and then we got a whole another year to wait for season two, which is going to be even better than season one. But for now, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you learned something today.